And hi again, everybody. Welcome to the season finale, the abrupt season finale of the Ice Cash Report this spring. I'm Anthony, joined by Tim. And Tim, our Penguins finished the spring season one and six as Saturday's finale against North Dakota, the makeup game against North Dakota, uh, was canceled by YSU late yesterday afternoon and made official later that evening. Uh, the Penguins will end the season at one and six, like we mentioned. Uh, something that I think even you and I thought we would do a little better than one and six. Yeah, I thought if you told me they were going to play seven games or possibly eight, mm-hmm. obviously that was a schedule. I really thought three wins was the minimum, and mm-hmm. I thought six wins was the high mark. I really, truly did. You could see within the Missouri Valley Football Conference, that type of performance was available to most of the conference. Uh, the teams that got better and stronger play to that level. Uh, even North Dakota, a brand new school in the, uh, in, in the conference, went four and one in five games. I mean, Missouri State went, went, went five and one. Yeah, five and one during the in the spring and yeah five yeah mm-hmm. and the five and four overall if you count mm-hmm. the uh, the fall season that they had but it's disappointing that they're not playing Saturday just because it was an opportunity to play and the big schemes of the things does it change anything this year and I, and the answer is no obviously I think it came down to without saying it is he knows he doesn't have a quarterback for the game he knows he doesn't have a running back for the game. He already knows that no one's going to show up for the game. So why don't we just cancel it? I mean, that's the way I look at it. I hate being that. But when you see all the writing on the wall, it just made it more sense to say, you know, let's not play versus let's play. Because if you're a football program that wanted to win, no matter what, you're playing the game. It seemed very odd to me. I think we always knew or we had this in the, the thought in the back of our minds that once the game, the first game against North Dakota was postponed because of COVID, that this was a possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and I even had somebody tell me, they go, don't expect to play this game. There was no way they play this game. I even had somebody tell me before it was an Illinois game, this team doesn't really want to be there anymore. They've, you know, they don't feel like being there. And I'm like, no, I disagree with that. I, because everything in the coaching staff and the players, especially Doug Phillips that preached was, we want to compete every day. We want to compete every day. We want to improve. We want to compete and we want to win. Canceling Saturday's game went against everything they have preached. When you are in a situation where the energy around the community is not very high, there's not much hope for the fall season. And we talked about this being a culture game, how you keep how you use this game to establish and keep building and adding to that culture to hopefully this year in the fall and in coming years, that culture is there where you start winning these games. It seemed to me that we were going to be without Mark Wade. We knew we were going to be without a couple other players, but that didn't stop you from playing against Missouri state. It didn't stop you from my whole biggest beef is why wait until Wednesday night to cancel? Like, you knew you were going to be without Mark Wade for the North Dakota game kicking off against Missouri State. So why don't you say, you know what, Missouri State, now we're done too. I just, I guess I just don't understand it, Tim, at all. Like, I don't – somebody who says, oh, my defense is so young and, my, you know, we just didn't experience and all this, 
there is no and the whole academic hall we're going to use this time to finish the semester showing academically bullshit bullshit because it if the season ends april 10th or april 17th your job is to still finish strong i mean that's like the if your boss said to you, Tim, well, we're going to finish the work week on Thursday, or we might finish on Friday, your job is to still finish it out strong. Don't give me this, well, these seven days are going to help us improve academically. Bullshit. Let's turn the page. Let's let's hypothetically change the score card and say that you're okay. five and one. You would have playoff games in front of you. Are you going to cancel those? Absolutely not. Right. Absolutely not. Okay, and that's this was this has to do with where your team was, the injuries that you have sustained, and quite honest with you, maybe a team. And I don't know this because I haven't talked to the players, and I hate making judgments on stuff you don't know. But I honestly believe the wind was taken out of their sails when they lost to Western Illinois on a road, a game that they should have won. I think the players know that they best case scenario in that game was taken away from them. I, I wonder if there's some doubts on the sidelines within the helmets. That's nature. I mean, that's natural too. You know, that's nothing unusual. Uh, that's something this coach staff is going to have to fight through. And quite mm-hmm. honest with you, I'm hoping that Doug Phillips and his coaching staff really goes through these, sec- these seven games, each and every game. Mm-hmm. and dissect themselves and go through it all and really pick themselves apart as much as the players, but themselves and where they're at and what they did mm-hmm. and what they can do to make this program more successful come fall. Because if we go into fall with the same lack of direction on offense, there's going to be a very difficult uphill climb. You want to be able to climb a mountain, come down strong. You mm-hmm. don't want to be always climbing the mountain and basically with one hand losing your grip. And that's where I think mm-hmm. this program's at right now. I, I Like I said, I think the, the wind went out of their sails when they lost to Western Illinois the way they did. I think it was heartbreaking the way they lost to South Dakota State uh, by two points late in the ball game where they could have won that game. Just those two games alone changes the entire atmosphere of a team. Yep. And all of a sudden, a team that's one and six, it's not three and three or three and four. And you can even go back farther and say the Southern Illinois game was a winnable opportunity. I honestly believe this coaching staff has to dissect themselves and find out why they were so unsuccessful and how do you improve it? Now, I'm not sure they can do that if they're that good of a coaching staff to look in inwards to themselves and say how I failed, how we failed as a group, how we failed our players and how do we make them better? That will be where we're going to find out if there's growth in this coaching staff or not come uh, fall, you know, when summer training camp begins, because you can't go in an offense, this vanilla, and expect to win at this level. It's just not possible. Tim, when you were younger, you remember when your parents used to say, we have to have a come to Jesus talk, and those things would scare the living daylights out of you? It's time, starting now, because you were you were done playing. You wanted to stop playing. It's time now 
to have a come to Jesus talk with yourself and as a coaching staff first and figure out how the heck we can show signs of life offensively and how we can get the morale of this team better. Um, and I'll go a step further, Tim. The Western Illinois game was completely devastating. That was the one that, I mean, really sunk the ship. If it wasn't already sinking before that. I don't disagree. But I really think, I think the Western Illinois game was when the whole thing sunk. But I think it started to take on water when you're coming off the big win against South Dakota, you physically dominated him. You're feeling good about yourself. 90% of the tickets were sold for the North Dakota game coming up at home. And then it gets canceled on Friday. I think that right there really took a big, that stopped all momentum. And that was like a big old gut punch. And I was like, oh. And it's like, they never recovered from that. They never recovered from that abrupt bye week in the middle of the season. And it's easy to sit here and say, in hindsight, it's always 2020. Oh, well, they probably would have played tough and, you know, had a close loss in North Dakota that week. We don't know. But you really could feel the wind being taken out of their sails uh, when that cancellation was announced on that Friday before the uh, North Dakota game a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I, I think you really came through on that analysis there, uh, Anthony. I agree. I think the cancellation of the North Dakota game was a huge blow to the psyche of this team. And then on top of that, the following week, losing to Western Illinois on a road when the game was in your reach the entire game, really the entire game, even though it was probably in a lot of ways, one of the worst games you played uh, this yeah. season because you gave up the two special team touchdowns and they're just Three turnovers. Right. Yeah. You, you let a team get back into a ball game. There was a lot of things that were unfortunate that happened been critical of this coaching staff or at least i've been critical of this coaching staff and the way they put together the spring uh team now some will say they just didn't have enough of a training camp ahead of time because of uh covid and, and the lack of timing to get it going yeah but every school in our conference had the same schedule and the same time to and get even it. playing field it was you know it was a tough First four games, but this this conference tough. I mean, you're playing just conference games. There is no tune-ups, as you like to talk about playing a, a smaller school mm-hmm. or a, a non yeah. uh, a non competitive team, uh, just to get your your feet wet. Those are nice, and don't get me wrong. Everyone, it's never a bad idea, but it's not important to me. And to me, is mm-hmm. in college football, you have to be ready to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a Division One level. For the lot, for the most teams, a lot of teams don't have that easy game. They have mm-hmm. lesser opponent, but uh, you know, you never know what can happen on a, on a Saturday afternoon, and it's not easy. Being it was a difficult year all around with the cancellation of the fall season, mm-hmm. the reschedule of the of the spring season. Really, maybe the lack of interest because it was spring football i don't know i mean there's a lot to it i thought for the most part you could see almost in the first game and going forward that 
this coaching staff had a more of an idea of using this as a really extended spring ball where they were going to use it as practices and test themselves mm-hmm. and trying to do certain things in ball games. But the actual, the actual desire to win the game was not as uh, prevalent as maybe your opponents were. And that, I think that was the most frustrating part for me. I, I think they were trying to make every game a teaching moment and every game, this is what we need to do to be successful type thing. But it's tough for a player to say, I don't want to, you know, we're, we're not going to compete in this game. It's third down and 16 and we're going to run a, a play up the middle. You know, it's, mm-hmm. that's deflating. You want, you want to attack, you want to play to win. And I, part of me wonders if there was that the coaching staff went into the spring football season with the idea of trying to win uh, as many games as possible versus trying to, improve the overall product going forward and what their vision of this football team may be. I don't know. I ever talked to any of the coaching staff. I'm sure they would deny that completely, but it sure looked that way to me that there was never a desire. It was so incremental of what they put in Mm -hmm. week in after week out. It was only the last two weeks that they actually threw the ball over 20 times in a ball game and the passing game, the passing game. That's the problem I have. They need a passing coordinator who knows what they're doing Mm -hmm. and and design plays i'm not going to deny that that talent level on the on the outside as wide receivers may not be as high as you hoped in today's football you have to be able to throw the ball you have quarterbacks that can play the game i honestly am a big believer in mark wade i just hope that this coaching staff going forward recognizes some of the mistakes they made and i and my gut feeling is they do I, I really hope so. And because if we see the same style of football in the fall, we're doomed. It's doomed. I mean, it will go down as one of the worst two year run or full year run, however you want to look at it, of football yeah. at YSU in years. You want to believe that there's a, a future for this program. And God, this reminds me of, of the late 80s basketball program. And that scares me. That really truly scares me. Uh, when you get into that scenario that you just not you're fielding a team, but you're not competing against the talent that you're up against. Let me say this. I do believe that the coaching staff wanted to win. I don't want to sit here and make it seem like, or say that they didn't try to win because they did. It's every competitor, um, no matter at what sport or what they're doing, wants to win they want to do their best so i don't want to sit here and say you know well he didn't try they wanted to win but i don't think that if they lost it was heartbreak here's my hope and it's really interesting in the fcs level to me more so than um the fbs because in the FBS with Alabama and Ohio State and Clemson and Oklahoma and Georgia and all the big-time powers, those teams want to spread it around. They can throw it any down. They can run any down. Um, and if you can't throw the ball, and if you're not throwing the ball 35, 40 times at that level, you're not going to win very much. To me, the, the fascinating thing in the FCS is 
you can still be a grinded out ball control team like North Dakota State is and James Madison. However, when they want to take shots downfield in the passing game, they can do it. We've seen it. I'm okay if this offense says we want to run the ball first and we, we want to spread it out and jam it down your throat. But at the same time, you cannot sacrifice the passing game to be solely a dominant run team. Because guess what? If you throw the ball really well and prove you can throw the ball really well, that opens up your run game pretty damn good and vice versa. And look, you should not be married to one identity nowadays in college football each week because there's going to be some times where you're going to have to throw the ball 35, 40 times to win the football game. There, or There's going to be other times where you're going to have to run the ball 45, 50 times. It reminds me of Ohio State this year. That's what I find really fascinating. Against Indiana and Northwestern, they really couldn't throw the ball at all for, for whatever reason. They couldn't throw the ball. And they relied on the running game and supplemented in a couple passes here and there. There are some other games where they just aired it out and threw it at will. This coaching staff needs to use this time break, this intermission. Find a downfield passing game. And I'm not talking 10, 15 yards because that's just a dink and dunk offense now. You have to be able to throw it 40, 50 yards and go get a big chunk play. I'm sorry. Explosive plays are no longer 10 plus yards. Those are not explosive plays. Those are honestly, Tim, what your passing tree should be. Your shortest route to me should be five to seven yards. We need to find playmakers. He's going to have to become a dynamite recruiter. And not even that, a dynamite salesperson. Because right now, going into a recruit's home, especially on the offensive side of the ball, is going to be very, very difficult. And you used a perfect analogy at the uh, start when you said you're climbing up the mountain with one hand and you're slipping off. Right now, that's what it—that's the way he's going into an offensive recruit's home this offseason, is he's climbing up the mountain with one arm and he's slipping off because there is nothing he can point to this year. Look at this. We can do this. We can do this. We can do that. I can showcase you here. I can showcase you there. Look at how I use this person similar to you because we did nothing that I want offense nothing nothing this is it was not creative wasn't imaginary it made Woody Hayes and Bo Schembechler look like Mike Leach and the air raid offense well more than that Anthony it's not even comparing them to the years past where the rushing game was a big part of football and a dominant part of football because those all had plans of success YSU's offense, in my opinion, did not have a solid design of success. That's mm-hmm. the problem. There was no symmetry to anything they were doing. You, you knew exactly when the quarterback was going to run the ball. You knew exactly mm-hmm. when, you know, McLaughlin was going to get the ball or one of the other backs. 
there was, like you mentioned, very few attempts downfield at all throwing the ball. There was no crossing patterns. There were some drop balls, and that's part of football, and I'm not going to get into that. But my point more than anything is there was no design attack of a defense or to find their weakness and exploit it. That's, to me, the most important part of football today is not only how you design an offense and what plays you run, but you have to run plays that exposes your defense that you're facing their weaknesses for you can exploit them. And there was obviously, it's easy to say this now because the season's over and we're looking at analyzing it on our own, but YSU obviously didn't believe in any of the speed from the outside because not once did we get them the ball on a reverse or any type of a quick screen, very few times. The few times they did it, it was kind of successful, but most of the time, but they put themselves in bad situations before they did it. And there was never a first down designed to get five yards on a play. There was designed to have a five yard rushing play, but there was never a design on first down to mix it up to do a play action. It took six weeks, almost five weeks before we've seen a play action in the entire season. That's ridiculous. It took five were, weeks, five weeks of the season before they did a play action pass. There were designs like you mentioned to get five yards on this play, three yards on this play, 10 yards on this play, but you can't win like that in college football. That's like flag football coaching to me. You have to design a play to get five yards to set up the next play to get 10 yards. It's like we never set plays up to get drives going. Yes, I think they probably scripted the first 10, 15, 20 plays. I hope. But it was never it was never like they used a play to build off it and keep it it just seemed like they called that play, no audibles, just to get that certain amount of yards, and then we started all over again. And you can't do that. I just honestly didn't think they used the skill set of their players to their maximum abilities. And in the process, they put themselves in situations that are very difficult in football to succeed in. When you're facing a third and seven, third and eight, a third and ten, uh, when you're very predictable running the ball. I mean, the first 10 plays of the season was the exact same play 10 times. Mm-hmm. There's something wrong with that. You do that in a scrimmage. You do that in a red and white game because you want to work on something. I get that. But again, like I said, there was no, no, no design to this offense this year. And it was frustrating. The most design they had was to try to get, McLaughlin in the space, either through a great blocking scheme, which he got loose a few times and ran for 30, 40 yards and and scored some long touchdowns, which is all great part of football and necessary. But if you can't match those type of, of what he called explosion plays with your passing game, then that defense just continues to play up. And yeah, sooner or later, you may break one, but you may be down 21 to three at the time. And that was the case most of the season. When they did have a lead, they did not know how to expand on that lead to keep it going forward that you really put the pressure on your opponent to win a ball game. 
And that's what happened with uh, Western Illinois. They had a chance to really seal that game a few times. And YSU was able to move between the 20s a lot. But once it got into the 20s, that offense had no design to move forward into the red zone and do something uh, successful. And that really was part of the problem they had. And then you put your kicker who was, you know, first time really kicking in the NFL or at this level in some precarious situations where he wasn't successful. You know, maybe the conditions weren't the best, but my whole point is not once Anthony, when we had the ball first and 10 inside their 25 of an opponent, did we ever throw to the end zone or deep down the sidelines? Not once. And that's not it. I'm no genius, but I know I've seen enough football, watched enough football, talked to enough football coaches. know that you got to go over to top once in a while. You have to make teams respect your ability to attack them in multiple ways. And if that takes, I hate saying this, if that takes a trick play to do, so be it. If it takes an end around throw, a flea flicker style, then do it. I don't care who makes the pass, but you mm-hmm. have to do it. You can't be on third down and 19 and running a flea flicker. You can't be in those situations because chances are they're not going to be successful. That's when you're desperate. But if you're doing it when it's third down and six or second down and six, because you want to show the defense something they haven't seen all year, they haven't seen on film. I That's, that's what it's all about. Every coach knows this. At the high school level through the college to the NFL, each week you show something for your future opponent has to practice it. Mm-hmm. And then you may not bring it back that next week or two weeks, but you know, each week you add a play like that. As the mm-hmm. season progresses, they their teams are going oh, we have to make sure we watch this. Yes. We, yep. I don't care if it's an end around. I don't care if it's a flea flicker pass. I don't care what type of scenario it is. If it's just a quick handoff uh, to one of the backs that are running, you know, behind the line of scrimmage on a uh, on a on a jet sweep. There's so many ways you can do it, and this YSU team this spring lacked that fundamental all season long. And I was shocked to see that at, cause you're playing in the subdivision of division one, you're playing in the most competitive conference in the subdivision in the Missouri Valley football conference. You honestly believe you can just line up in the same formation and pound the ball away and be successful. I mean, you deserve to be one in six. I hate saying that. There was a lot of frustration that built it out this year. I mean, I was hopeful this year. I had a new, new head coach, new, new philosophies, new beliefs. You know, mm-hmm. and you want to see him success. Even this mediocre success, you hope for. You know, a change in attitude. I'm not sure we. I'm not sure he lost his team. I wouldn't go that far. But I wouldn't no, be surprised. I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised if some of them are questioning what his ability is to be a head coach. And and I think that's legit. Uh, if you're an offensive lineman, if you're a defensive lineman, you're not. You're you're a running back. You're a quarterback. Uh, you're whatever position you may play. I just like I said, maybe Drew Rustin was injured all year, and that's why we didn't see him until the last game of the season. I don't know. I'm I'm hoping that's the case. 
Because if you have a person who's that dynamic with the ball in his hands, you have to find ways to get the ball in their hands. You have a quarterback who can get the ball to his hands. You have a running back who can make a play. Maybe you put both running backs in the in at the same time and you move them. Oh, I, I know. I'm talking foreign language here. Nobody does that. Nobody in college football does that. It, this is what I'm talking about, a design. You have to recognize that scares me, Anthony, is there's talent on this team. And barring injury, and that may be the case with Rushton. I don't know. All I know is he's a playmaker. And to get him in space with the ball is your job as a coaching staff. It's find ways to get him the ball. Ten, ten times a game. Same with McLaughlin. You need to get him the ball 15 to 20 times a game. You need to get your oh, tight ends involved. 30 times but, a game. Well, my, well, it all depends on how you do it, Anthony. It's not necessarily volume as much as how you use a player. And that's my, my question is, did they use the talents that they had? Did they recognize the talents they had to take them to that next level to win ball games? And all season long in the spring, I didn't see it. And, you know, that's why you lost 21 to 10 in your final game. That's why you lost 21 nothing at home in your season opener. Uh, that's why you, you lose to South Dakota State 1917 at the end of the game. There's a lot of, like I said, I'm, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to guess that Russian had maybe hamstring problems or whatever the case may be. We, they don't have to let us know if there's an injury. That's not, this is not the NFL. They don't have to tell us. They can keep it quiet all week long. Like they did with Wade. And then the next thing Mm -hmm. we know, we have a crane craft in at quarterback. Uh, That's just the way it works. I'm hoping that's the case because like I said, uh, you have a guy like Drew Rushton, and you didn't have him return one kick, one punt this year. You Every kickoff, other than the first kickoff of the year where you oh. fumbled it, you called for a fair catch from that point on. Your punt returns, you had minimal returns all year. And there's a lot to work on. They should be able to dissect everything they did and look for ways to improve the things that they couldn't do successfully and add to it. If they can't do that come fall, possibly two wins. Maybe three if the ball bounces their way in an, in an extra game. But if we see anything what we've seen in the spring, we probably might see one of the worst years in like 50 years of high uh, of YSU football. I don't even want to think about what, because we haven't reached rock bottom yet. I'm going to say that right now. We haven't reached rock bottom. It, it might feel like it because one in six is unacceptable to any program. One in six to a program in a community like ours, and that's even more unacceptable. I will say this. You can wipe the slide clean. Yeah. You know what? You can take advantage of what all the information that you gathered this spring and be more successful this fall by mm-hmm. implementing a lot of different things. And, and putting it in place. We won't know until we get there, Anthony. That's the thing. I'm saying if things stay status quo, then, yeah, you're looking at a one, two win maximums team in the fall. If they make the changes, if they put themselves in position to win ball games and they attack a defense offensively, oh, look, 
this team played well defensively all year. They were competitive in every game defensively. Uh, it's not their fault that the offense couldn't score in the first two games. It's not, you know, North, North Dakota state scored 25 points against you, but you were on the field three fourths of the ball game. You scored one touchdown that game, Northern Iowa. You didn't score at all. You lost by three touchdowns Uh, against Southern Illinois. It was a high scoring game for this year, 30 to 22, a game where you led at halftime, Mm -hmm. a game where you had opportunities to extend your lead, but didn't. And you, a more veteran, more prepared team won. Simple as that. Uh, You lost a game you should have never lost to South Dakota State, where you had the lead late in the ballgame, but were unwilling to, to put plays in on your offense to seal a game away. Thus, you let the door open and, you know, South Dakota State came through. Western Illinois, same thing. You had times to put that game away and did not make any effort to do that uh, through. And then next thing you know, you're, you're late in the ball game. You're either tied or lost or trailing and you turn over the ball twice and the game's over. Missouri State, that was a winnable game, but we were down a few players. Let's be honest. And it is a handicap and they couldn't cut, quite get over the the mountain there and that's where they were at and now you have the canceled game with south dakota the second time the best thing to do is dissect this season as a coaching staff figure out ways to get your playmakers the ball and get ready for the fall season now meaning be prepared to make wholesale changes to your attitude to your style to what you necessarily think will win and be aggressive if they do that next year, I, I honestly think they could be closer to 500. But if we see anything that we see in the spring, it's not going to happen. Part of me hopes and wants to believe that offense in particular was so boring and vanilla because they were just trying to see what they can run and what they can't run. I and then think that's possible. what they can run, they can piggyback off of. And look, who knows? Come September 2nd at 7.30, we could see a whole new offense that's more diverse and in-depth. And I will think we will see an offense that is more diverse and more schematically different than what we saw in the spring. However, are we going to see an offense that is drawn up and game-planned to give this team the best chance of success and put your playmakers in position to do that. We talked so many times in our high school broadcast order. Number one of a high school coach, find your three best playmakers on offense, find them. And then you develop your game plan around them. Now college is a little bit different. You have to develop more than three guys, but it's still the same benchmark. You have to identify McLaughlin. Wade, Rushton, Benio, Moj, those guys are your playmakers. Use them. And then you sprinkle in the depth around them. We will see, Anthony. It was a weird year. It was a weird year. It, uh, there was no frustrating from kickoff February 21st in the uh, Fargo Dome against North Dakota State. But 
I know it's been very, for the most part, these podcasts, Tim, have been very um, tense. They've not been happy except for one podcast after the Penguins went against South Dakota. But let me say this, to even get a football season in um, and to have a chance to watch our Penguins play from where we were six months ago in this pandemic, it's a big step forward for not only our university, our program, but our country, hopefully. I know it was a lot of the games itself were frustrating and the offense drove us nuts. For me personally, it was really uh, gratifying and awesome to, to go into Stanball Stadium this year to watch football. Uh, that was enjoyable. That was fun. Uh, I'm bummed that, that I can't do it Saturday because you know me. I post about it. That's my favorite place to be. If there's nowhere else I'd rather be. I've been to Happy Valley. I've been to Columbus. I've been to South Bend. I've been ever. I don't want to be anywhere else but Stamble. So one and six is not what we had thought of. I thought maybe three and five, four and four. Who knows the break of the ball? Five and three. I don't know. But one and six, it's done. You flush it. You move on. You start the slate clean now. Everybody's zero and zero. You're zero and zero. And you have now time to get ready to finish up the semester strong academically. And then we have to get ready for Incarnate Word September 2nd. Uh, YSU will begin the 2021 fall season at Stanbaugh Stadium under the lights on a Thursday night, like they used to do so many times after Jim Trestle, uh, the traditional Thursday night opener. But it's not going to be a traditional Thursday night opener as Incarnate Word is a annual playoff team or a contender. The Penguins, as of now, have 10 games scheduled. Who knows if that, you know, changes depending on what COVID is and you know, everything else. Uh, YSU will start September 2nd at home at 7.30 against the current word. And then September 11th, the Penguins will travel to East Lansing for their big FBS game of the year to take on Michigan State. Uh, Tim, I don't really have anything else to say about uh, this spring season other than it was a pleasure again to break down and do this podcast with you because six months ago, we didn't think we we're going to be able to do the IceCast report. Uh, so for that, I'm grateful that again, we can have seven episodes and talk about our penguins. And it's not the season we wanted or we had hoped for maybe expected in the back of our minds kind of, but as you and I always will try to be, uh, we're always going to try to uh, be a little more on the optimistic side, even though it got really tough at uh, some points this year. Yeah, well, we've seen some imp- what I call encouragement on this level. We've seen some players that obviously we talked about defensively. They they really had a great year, and if they can build on that, that will be exciting. Uh, special teams need some work, but we did see some success in that offensively obviously we know the challenges they face but they do have playmakers they got a coaching staff that now has seven games under its belt understands the competition that they're going to face for the first time they really probably Mm -hmm. underestimated or not weren't sure of what the missouri valley football conference was now they have a full taste of it they're not rookies no more uh come spring uh summer camp they can put in 
the changes necessary for this program to succeed and get f- further on. And let's face it, the challenges in front of them. We're going to find out who can rise to the top and who's going to float, you know, who's going to sink to the bottom. And that's really what it comes down to. And I have all belief and all wants to see this program succeed. Like I said, I have total faith in Mark Wade going forward. I love the idea of getting Drew Rushton involved in your offense. I think McLaughlin would be a, a huge player. You add a couple more playmakers to this offense and you get a play calling that is a little bit more aggressive Mm-hmm. then I believe we can see a the cannon going off often at Stanbaugh Stadium this year. That would make me happy. I think the coaching staff knew who North Dakota State was, who South Dakota State was, who Northern Iowa was. I don't think they really realized until they played the games how competitive even the bottom of the league is. If you go back and look at it, Tim, the best quarterback we might have faced was uh, Sam's in the conference, you know, as a whole. Um, now, we didn't see North Dakota, Indiana State, or Illinois State. I think they realize as a whole, wow, this conference really is a lot better than maybe we had thought or anticipated. I know it's a coaching cliche. There's no, you know, cupcakes. But in this conference, week in to week out, there's no games you look at and go, that'll be a win. That'll be a win. There's no, there's no games in this conference where you can pinpoint and go, we should win that one. Anthony, if you just look at the overall record YSU's had the last 15 years in this conference, no coach should ever take this job and take that for granted. These teams that they're facing aren't top-notch of this mm-hmm. subdivision and how they play. And that's just the truth of the matter is there's no excuse for it, but I do think experience is one of the key things in life. And now this coaching staff has it uh, top to bottom. Uh, this coaching staff now knows what they're facing because it was nothing but conference games mm-hmm. and they're going to have to figure out how to uh, succeed in this conference. Because like I said before, why she isn't going anywhere. This is their conference. They've been in it for 20 years. They're not going nowhere. It's up to them. It's up to this coaching staff to get ready and prepare for this fall. Like I said, take a deep dive into this spring, learn from the spring, figure out how to make it better come fall. And that's where we're at. It's, it's Doug Phillips. The ball is now in Doug Phillips court until training camp until kickoff of that first game till then we just have to wait and see this is again the ball a hundred percent is in his court to get his program where he wants it to be well tim i don't have anything else to say i think we've covered everything tim i think we've covered everything uh as far as this spring season will go uh hopefully this is the the last time we ever have to Uh, talk about a spring season for our penguins but nonetheless if there is one in the future we will cover it Uh, so for the spring edition of the ice cash report uh, that'll do it for tim and myself we will be back september 1st as we preview ysu's fall season upper at the stadium against incarnate word a first-time opponent for the penguins tim and i'll be back to 
to preview all the action between the Penguins and Cardinals. Until then, until September 2nd, when we start 1-0, I'm Anthony, joined by Tim, and continue to wave the red and white.